0: When it comes to independent wrestling and the deathmatch scene, one company is on the rise, and that is Ruthless Pro Wrestling, featuring today's hottest talent, like Justin Kyle, Dale Patricks, The Rejects, Mickey Knuckles, Hoodfoot Mo Atlas, and more. Check out all of our events on IWTV. Find all of our social media and our RPW merch now at RuthlessPro.com. What it is, what's up? Welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I'm your host, Rafe Hewson. Today I'm joined by a very special guest, the process MM3, Malcolm Munro, the third. How are you today, sir?
1: I'm doing good, man. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing very well. I want to thank you live on air for your patience with me this morning. We were supposed to speak like 40 minutes ago. But I'm a useless person, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> MM3 showed me a lot of patience this morning. So I'm really looking forward to getting to know somebody that nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: I'm excited, man. It's going to be a good time.
0: Uh, that's going to be awesome, man. Uh, with the these uh, conversations, I normally kind of start them by asking people, uh, "What are some of the first faces they remember in pro wrestling?" And I feel like for you, from what I understand, those faces maybe that of like your father and grandfather. So why don't you take me back a little bit through the history of your family because you're from a long line of professional wrestlers. Uh,
1: yeah, so uh, I'm actually Michigan's uh, only third generation wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I literally like I tell people all the time like I was, uh, there are those that do this and there are those that are born to do this and I believe that I fall into the range of those that are were literally born to do this. I couldn't see myself doing anything else um my grandfather wrestled in uh in like the seventies and eighties. Wow. Uh my dad wrestled uh from like the nineties on on up till now. My dad's still actively wrestling. Oh really? So um yeah. Um my dad known as uh the most dangerous man in Michigan, the DBA. Okay. Uh and my grandfather, the late great sweet daddy Malcolm Monroe Senior. Um uh, yeah, uh, I guess I'll get into some of the like Monroe dynasty stuff first nice. and we'll kind of like go from there. So, like, my grandpa, uh, he got his start, uh, when he bef- uh, befriended uh, Bobo Brazil, uh, in the 70s when he was an usher for Cobo Hall here in Detroit, Michigan. Okay. Um, he started uh training to wrestle because he was, he was a really big guy. My grandpa's like 6'3, uh, 350 pounds. Wow. Uh, a pretty solid dude um he started wrestling for uh um the original sheik's promotion big time wrestling uh where he uh he wrestled the likes of like the sheik uh bobo brazil um uh the fabulous kangaroos uh, guys like that from uh way way back in the day wow um and and then uh, my dad uh when he was 16 he started training with the original sheik um him and Sabu, uh, when he was younger, they would uh, go to uh, Sheik's house uh, in the summer, and he had a ring set up in the backyard, and uh, he he would teach them, teach them how to wrestle. Yeah. And eventually, my dad was trained uh, by Denny Cass. Wrestled for a really long time. Um, had a kid. Didn't <laughs> want didn't want his kid to wrestle. Uh, he didn't <laughs> want me to wrestle uh, for a, a number of reasons, but like there was no stopping me. Uh, I started training at the House of Truth Wrestling School uh, when I was 11 years old. Truth Martini uh, started training me at a really, really really young age. Took me under his wing. And um, yeah, man, the rest is is history.
0: Wow. um, So when you talk about getting trained at like 11 and stuff and your dad not wanting you to train, was that something where you sort of uh, would just go and he didn't know or in the end he had no choice but to take you? So... uh,
1: it started off as uh, me going, and my dad had no idea that
0: oh. I was going to get there. <laughs> yeah. And uh,
1: and then uh, there was a, a show that my dad was on that uh, Truth Martini was like uh, he was helping run, and like uh, some someone didn't show up, and then they're like, "Who are we going to put in this spot?" And then Truth's like. Well, we can put Malcolm in there. My dad's like, "What? Get the fuck out of here!" There's no way that he can he can do anything. He can't wrestle. He's like, "No, like, uh, he's 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 been been training. He can he can do some stuff." <laughs> and I I got in there. I I, I did uh, a few things in the match, and I remember him just being like blown away. Like, how did I not know this? And then like from then then on, he kind of um just kind of watched me train. Sometimes uh, he would uh, give me advice but he had this thing where he wouldn't train me to be a wrestler because his dad didn't train him. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, Truth Martini trained me through and through. Uh, Jimmy Jacobs had a hand in my training for a long time as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually
1: I became one of the trainers at the House of Truth because yeah. I was there for so long.
0: Yeah that that's why in that moment when uh, uh truth blows up your spot and reveals to your dad you've been trying are you just like there shook like huh, <laughs> like i've been caught kind of thing cuz you knew he wasn't about it
1: No nah, man i just laughed i didn't, I didn't care i was such <laughs> like a rebel like i wanted i wanted to do it just to piss him off because i knew he didn't want me to Yeah so i was just like man whatever like when truth told him i thought it was hilarious i was oh. like ha jokes on you <laughs> Yeah
0: Watch me come in here and <laughs> and whoop that ass. That's all funny, man. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: That that's killer. And yeah, I I hear that a lot. Like um, wrestlers and and their kids, they quite often don't want to train them themselves. I guess yeah. I guess there's certain uh, pressures and stuff that come with like being a trainer, you know, and and kind of the way you've got to do it, and maybe like a, a son or, or a daughter is going to respond better to somebody else rather than getting that from a parent, maybe, I think, I, I, I don't know. Uh,
1: that, and there's like a, a credibility piece to it as well. Um, yeah, Um Um, uh, being a wrestler, you want to come out of a, uh, like a reputable school and, uh, it's not a good look when they're like, "Who trained you?" You're like, "Oh, my dad." Like, yeah. You're like, "Okay, so how trained? How trained are you really?" Like Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. You what know,
0: well, like, you guys rolled around actually, in the backyard? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. Have you um now that you've gone on and you you've wrestled and stuff like that, you had opportunities to wrestle your dad, team with him, do things like that?
1: Oh, dude, for years. So, um, uh, for years, me and my dad tagged. Uh, I won my first tag title with my dad when I was 13 years old. <laughs> oh, that's um, awesome. Um, and then uh, we tagged for, oh, my God, for years. Uh, I remember uh, uh, our company, XICW, Extreme Intense Championship Wrestling, uh, we uh, we ran the same venue that the Sheik used to run, Cobo Hall. Mm-hmm. We ran in 2017, and me and my dad uh, were in uh, the main event in a tag match. Um, against uh, Abyss and crazy Steve of the Decay, mm-hmm. and yeah. it, it, was, it was a cage match. That's it was awesome. crazy. <laughs> That's uh, crazy. But yeah, so uh, I got to tag with my dad a bunch. Got to yeah. do some cool stuff with him. I also got to like wrestle him a bunch for like uh, ICP's Juggalo Championship Wrestling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I wrestled my dad like a bunch of times. They love that. Uh, yeah. My grandfather actually is the one who trained um, Violent J to be a wrestler.
0: Really. Yes. Yeah, so right. uh,
1: uh yeah, I've known ICP for a really long time cuz uh they were like my grandpa's guys. Uh, he took them under his wing and and like trained them and um uh they they uh were really good friends with my dad. So uh whenever they ran shows, we were like uh we were we were usually a part of them. Uh, You can find young me wrestling at, like, the Gathering of the Juggalos when I was, like, 15 years old.
0: It's Uh, probably for the best you were going to the Gathering of the Juggalos with your father, you know? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. That's not somewhere where a 13-year-old should be on their own.
1: Uh, Yeah, no, absolutely not. Definitely not a place (laughs) that a 13-year-old should be, but... um I it, it was different for me because I wasn't like just a thirteen year old at that time. I was just like I was one of the boys. I was yeah, a wrestler. So yeah, Exactly. So uh Yeah, yeah, it was a good time. But me and my dad, we've done a lot of cool stuff. I've done like death matches against my dad. That stuff was pretty cool. Wow. Um my, my dad, uh, he was like he mostly did like hardcore wrestling. Uh like that's what he was like most known for. Uh-huh. Um, I guess. And then like uh with his old age and like tagging with me, he started to like uh, do more just like a traditional wrestling style mm-hmm. um kind of like uh changing with the times and 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 uh keeping up with what was cool and because he's still able to move uh pretty well for for his a and g times we've gotten to mix it up uh in like uh in in like hardcore like death matches we've done like legos tax and all that fun stuff yeah wow um it's a it's a it's a journey though like uh people are like uh so, like, you wrestle your dad? And I'm like, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, I don't know. They're like, do, do you guys ever, like, tee off on each other, like, for real? I'm like, oh, all the time. Like, yeah. my my dad is, like, he's notorious for punching people right in the face. And I'm like, just know if you punch me in the face, I'm going to kick you right in the face as hard as I can. And, and then... And then it's just we're just trading, yeah, <laughs> we just yeah, trading exactly. blow for blow. And it's family,
0: that. right? So you're like, no, well, there's no repercussions here. I'm, <laughs> I'm
1: going to feed yes. it to him.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: the whole time I'm like, remember that one time you told me to do dishes and I was playing the game? Yeah, it's just for that. <laughs> he,
0: here you go, right in the face. Face washed him. <laughs> Sorry about that, pops. that's awesome man Uh, and I can only imagine that would have really helped your development at a young age because yeah like like you said winning your tag uh, tag title at 13 stuff like that you would have been able to do more shows and go the road and stuff like that with him because maybe people aren't booking a 13 year old to do that normally but you're already able to get out there and do that which is pretty amazing because you're you're with your dad you know
1: it was cool, but like my dad was like really picky. So, like, some shows like he'd take me to, and like, they'd be like, Yeah, you can referee. And I'm like, Man, this is fucking whack. Like, <laughs> I was like, Referees are important, of course. However, yeah. me being a trained wrestler at the time, I was not excited yeah. about the exactly. idea. Exactly.
0: <laughs> you, you weren't like, oh, I can't but, wait to get uh, in my ref reps. You were like wanting to wrestle.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Man, I'm trying to drop kick a motherfucker, not <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Like, let, let, let me at that. Oh, man, that, that's it's so interesting, man. Like, uh, growing up in and around it is so different than my life experience, you know? Like, in Australia, yeah. it's not a thing, you know? It's it's becoming slowly more mainstream now. But for me, like, I was the only person in my high school that even knew what it was or gave a fuck about it, you know? Watching Stone Cold yeah. on, the, on the internet and, you know, renting out VHSs and, and stuff like that. And then here you are yeah. like literally born into a wrestling ring and around it for every second of your life, you know
1: yeah it's it's definitely weird, like uh over here, like um like wrestling is kind of popular, uh, but like when I was growing up, like it was like like during like the attitude era, so like wrestling was like really cool, yeah, but like also not cool at the same yeah. time, like, yeah.
0: depends who you talk to,,
1: well, yeah, exactly, yeah. so like. Um, and like, I was just such a weird and different kid who had been exposed to so much really great wrestling Yeah. that like my friends would be like, holy shit, man, did you see Shawn Michaels super kick that dude that, and I'm like, no, I was too busy watching, um, Mike awesome and Hayabusa and FMW murder each other. I wasn't <laughs> watching. Shawn you Michaels. already passed like,
0: it. You're already it. You're into the real shit yeah. at that point. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like that's cool. Like I like I like watching like uh, dub, like at the time WWF. I was like I like watching it. Uh sometimes the stories were really cool. Uh but like I was just like, man, the, there's talent elsewhere and and I know that cuz yeah. like on the weekends I'm I'm fucking helping setting up uh, uh setting up uh, indie shows and and, and watching um Guys like Chris Hero and uh and like the Necro Butcher, and like all these guys, like just tearing it up. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, like when Ring of Honor was first like uh like created and stuff, I would, uh, I, I, a lot of the guys that wrestled there, like wrestled for like my grandpa and like wrestled for my dad, yeah. so like I was watching the stuff that they were doing there, and like I was literally just watching so much other wrestling that like I was just like cool, well, WWF is, is nice, WWE is nice, mm. Um, it's, uh, but, like, the real stuff that I want to watch is happening, like, over here, it's happening in Japan, it's happening, like, at all these other places that I could get, like, I had access to, but, like, people outside my realm didn't know it existed.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, I 100% get that, because it wasn't until, like, much later in life for me that that same door opened, you know, that forbidden door into other stuff. Like, for me, it was WWF and then it was WCW and the Monday Night Wars and all that, and then that went away. And then it was kind of nothing. And then it became wrestling that I wasn't invested in at all. You know what I mean? I didn't care about John Cena and I didn't care about the Ruthless Aggression era or any of this stuff. And I I, I dropped off wrestling for, like, 10-plus years, you know. And it wasn't um, until I was skipping through some channels I saw, like, Seth Rollins, like, curb stomp Randy Orton through a cinder block or something. And I was like, what's this? And I started watching (laughs) Raw again. I was like, you got me now. So I'm like, who's this guy with the blonde streak and blah, blah, blah. Triple H is there. And I'm like, what is this? I start watching that. Then I start listening to wrestling podcasts, right? And then I'm hearing about AJ Styles and Nakamura at the Tokyo Dome. And I'm like, what's this? What's Bullet Club? What's that? Then I start watching Japanese wrestling and Ring of Honor and all this stuff. And then just like a light switch, I'm like, I don't care about any of (laughs) this that's happening over here. Like the matches and the the work and stuff like that is now dull to me compared to what, like how combative wrestling can really be, you know, like engaging. And so you were already like, yeah, okay, this is kind of entertainment, but I want to watch pro wrestling you know and yeah it it changed my life once i started to do that stuff you know we started going to japan to see wrestle kingdoms where you know we mm-hmm. um would travel to see stuff and it and it was awesome man and like had i been exposed to that younger i probably would have never dropped off it i don't think
1: yeah for sure it's funny that you bring up uh seth rollins um I remember having a conversation with one of my friends, uh, one of my friends who's, like, kind of into wrestling, but he's into, like, WWE. Yeah. Uh, he was over at my house one day, and he's like, uh, yeah, man, uh, there's this guy. Uh, you probably heard of him because he's, like, one of the best. His name's Seth Rollins. Yeah, man, he's, like, he's so good. I'm like, man, if only you saw him years ago when he was even, like, better because he was untamed. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I've known that person who you know as Seth Rollins for a really long time. He used to tag with my trainer, and then he's like, "Wait, what?" Like, and I'm like, "Yeah, well, let me show you." And then I pulled up uh, Tyler Black and uh, and Jimmy Jacobs in a cage match uh, during like the Age of the Fall period, the yeah, Ring yeah. of Honor, and then he he's just like, "What the hell is this?" I say, "Yeah, that's one of my trainers, like uh, wrestling, uh, who you now know as Seth Rollins, who's doing like." crazy Phoenix splashes and like intricate Lucha spots and like, and he doesn't get to do any of that stuff anymore. No. So,
0: like And like at the time he was, for me, even his wrestling style at the time, that was like, because Seth is a, a bit more of a, a, I guess, a worker's worker or whatever, as far as WWE yeah. style goes, his style, you know, when he was that heel and, and doing all that because the shield had already broken up and then he's with the authority or whatever it was called and stuff like that. I was like, this is my dude yeah. right here. I'm like, this guy is yeah, fucking sure. awesome. And then yeah, it wasn't until I saw later stuff that I I started to realise how tamed down I guess that WWE is compared to independence and yeah, and that really physical style and stuff is just crazy. So uh was that your friend's gateway to be like, okay, show me more of this uh Ring of Honor stuff and things like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, so yeah. so I started showing them more, and then they started coming to my shows, and yeah. they're like, man, like,
0: when you told me you were a wrestler,
1: I imagine, like, you just, like, in somebody's backyard, like, wrestling on a trampoline or something. Yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, no, man, that's not what I do. Yeah, it's,
0: it's a little bit more legit than that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah. I actually get paid to do this. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> well, you, you brought up Ring of Honor, so let's talk about that real quick, man. That, obviously, that announcement just came out on social media that they're going to... Closed the doors for a while, at least. Uh, how'd that hit you? Yeah, man.
1: So uh, my like Truth Martini, my trainer, like he was really involved in Ring of Honor for a really long time. Absolutely,
0: uh, I used to love him yeah. in Ring of Honor, like with Jay Lethal and all that. With the yeah, House yeah, of yeah. Truth and so. like, I loved it.
1: And, yeah, and like through him, I became like really, really uh, cool with uh, with Jay. And and uh, Jay, he would come to, like, the House of Truth whenever uh, Ring of Honor was in Detroit, hang out with us. He wrestled for my dad's company, and me and him, like, ran spots and stuff together. And, like, awesome. he's super talented and, like, just a really, like, down-to-earth dude. And, like, I'm like, man, all these people who, like, up until, like, 24 hours ago, like, had jobs. Yeah. And, like, now they're saying that, like, they can effectively immediately, like, take bookings and stuff. Yeah. Like, that's, that's wild because, like. Jay Lethal hasn't been able to take an indie booking in like years. Yeah, he's been Ring of Honor for so long. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Ring of Honor exclusive after a while there. And like so uh it I'm excited to see some of the stuff that's like because wrestling is like is uh is hitting another like major boom right now with like the coming of AEW and like like pro wrestling's cool again and like there's a bunch of like a bunch of cool stuff and a lot of cool promotions, a lot of cool indies. You got IWTV showing literally what's going on in the indie world at all times. Yeah, you got some of the best wrestlers on on the independent scene, uh, being like showcased. Yeah. uh like repeatedly and like you're able to like see this and then like some of the matchups that are going to come from this like uh this announcement are going to be like crazy
0: bonkers like, like nobody I was even penciling they, them into dream matches because they were locked away like no one's thinking there's away, a possibility yeah. of like Jay lethal versus i don't know daniel Bryan, you know or brian danielson you know yeah. what i mean like that like that's not yeah. even on the table you know and then you're like oh fuck what if he goes there like you know
1: yeah, yeah. Even, like, Jonathan Gresham. like Oh, uh, I, I didn't even John- think
0: about Jonathan Gresham. Yeah,
1: yeah dude. John- like, some of the, the crazy matches that Jonathan is, is probably going to have now, uh, Jeff Cobb, Bandito, all those guys yeah. that were, like, uh, in these contracts are now able to literally do whatever they want.
0: Yeah, exactly. And
1: I, I, they,
0: they, I, they I know
1: uh, that, like, that... Uh, the feeling of, like, uh, like being excited about, like, wrestling again. Like, I, I know that uh, some of the guys are probably feeling that because, like, they've been wrestling some of the same dudes for years yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, now the fact that they can literally wrestle some of, like, the best talents in the world, not just guys that are signed to the same organization mm-hmm. as them. Yeah. It's, like, crazy.
0: Exactly. Oh, I just remembered Brody King's free now, too. Jesus Christ. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, I, I do want to take a second to say, like, how impressed i am with the way that ring of honor conducted themselves through the like lockdowns and and covid and everything yeah. like that because all those people that they they're just you know letting go now like to take this break and stuff like that they've been paying through all this stuff they haven't been able to yeah. run shows or anything like that and they didn't release anybody you look at a company like wwe and they were dropping people like within minutes of lockdowns happening and, like, throwing just mm-hmm. people to the wind. And here's this little small company that just kept grinding it out and kept paying all their dudes. I think that's, like, really, really commendable. And and if they do come back in April, like they, they say they're going to, I think everybody needs to get behind a company like that because, obviously, their, you know, morals are in the right place for sure.
1: Yeah, and they're, they're taking care of their people for and sure. They're
0: huge, man. And then even now, like, they could go, you know what, we're going to shut for x amount of time just keep them on contract lock everybody up and then we'll start again with thing but they're like you know what let's let everybody go let's let them make the most amount of money they can and hopefully we'll be in the best position we can to reopen and some people will come back and there'll be new people and and start fresh yeah yeah which is really exciting when you think about it how it could all yeah, shuffle sure. you know yeah absolutely man um I was going to ask you as well about Ruthless Pro Wrestling. So that was my first exposure to you. Um, I had done interviews with the Ruthless guys leading up to Inked in Blood, which was a great show. And so I went back and and watched some of the earlier shows that I saw you there and then also in that multi man and stuff. How long have you been working with Ruthless? So
1: uh, Ruthless is uh, a little bit of a newer promotion, I would say. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their first show was supposed to happen... Uh, pre-pandemic and, and I was on that first show but then it got canceled and then like the pandemic happened and then they did like a really confined like TV taping type thing uh, during the pandemic called Slamdemic and like I was really supportive of them but like at that time I, I just couldn't see myself wrestling mm-hmm. um, and I, I with like the way that the pandemic was going and like me still like uh, working my other job and like I, I just uh, didn't want to put anybody in like any further danger, like uh, being Absolutely. exposed to like a, a bunch of people. So I kind of just like sat back and like let let them do their thing, and then um, uh, me and Chris Kohlenberg, he's a good friend of mine. We got back to uh, we got like back talking, and we're and he's like, yeah, man, I would love to have you on on the show. And I was like, man, you just tell me when and where I'll be there, and I'll tear it up. And I I got to uh do some shows uh uh for him uh, and RPW and then RPW and Flophouse, uh which is another company that I work for in uh Indianapolis, uh did like a collaboration show and I was on like that as well, because I worked for at that time both RPW and Flophouse. Mm-hmm. Um and then the Inked and Blood uh thing came along and um they contacted me for it and was and Uh, I was super excited to go uh, be a part of that yeah
0: that that was awesome and that's probably their their biggest platform so far being a part of that you know deathmatch circus weekend um Mm. it, it felt like a big deal and it was like this huge show right in the middle of the weekend and stuff um did you get a chance to catch everything else that was going on or were you on a tight schedule were you just in and out for ruthless or were you hanging out the whole weekend
1: uh, i hung out a few times uh luckily i don't live far from where oh, that yeah. place uh is Isn't that in the woods somewhere um, <laughs> um so it's on this guy's compound and uh the guy actually runs his own promotion it's called f5 wrestling okay uh off of off of the same compound and i've wrestled there for him oh. before actually okay. so uh i was really familiar with uh the layout and with uh the, the place in general and uh I went hung out a couple times. I Got to see a lot of a lot of my friends that I haven't seen in years. Like, um, uh, I used to uh, I used to be in a tag team with Satu Jin. Yes. and so I got to see Satu, and uh, I got to hang out with him for a while. Uh, John Wayne Murdoch. Uh, we wrestled at IWA Mid South together a bunch, and I got to like hang out with him and like Neil Diamond Cutter and all those guys that I don't get to see all the time. Yeah. Uh, it was it was cool to be able to uh, go see them and see them do their thing for uh, for ICW.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. A lot of mutual friends we've got there that I didn't even know. Like I just did an interview with Satu Jin, which will be up shortly. Great guy, nice, he's nice. so nice. Yeah, um, Neil was my first ever international guest. He's been on the show a couple of times and really pushes me to a lot of people, which is really cool. Like he, he uh, He's a big proponent of mine, so I'm eternally grateful I love to it. Neil Diamond Cutter, who will always be my number one guest. And IWA Mid-South is a promotion that I'm slowly becoming more familiar with. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with Deathmatch Worldwide, but Corey, the yep. owner of that company, and I have been doing like an offshoot podcast called Faces of Deathmatch, and we're reviewing older shows. So I literally just watched nice. uh, the... King of the Death Matches ninety seven, so the first ever death match tournament they did, and I've slowly just been mm-hmm. becoming familiar uh, with them. Um, how long were you working with them? Have you done much stuff with IWA Mid South?
1: Uh, yeah, so you'll be able to see me on there periodically, uh, like in and out. You'll actually actually be able to see my dad on there too. Oh, really? And my awesome. dad used to wrestle for them. Uh, yeah, Ian Rotten uh, wrestled for my dad and my grandpa for a long time too.
0: Great. So, uh,
1: like. Yes. Super small world. And, uh, Ian, uh, gave me my first shot when I was 16. Uh, I did uh, a nice little match, uh, for him there. And then, uh, when I turned 18 and hit the road again, like full time, he was really receptive of me, uh, gave me really good matches with good people. that's actually where I tagged with Satu. Um, I was able to tag with, uh, with Satu. We, uh, we had a really cool dynamic. It was, it was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, I don't even admit South was, like, always my home away from home. I, I got to uh, meet really great people and uh, and do a lot of cool stuff, have a bunch of cool, memorable matches with uh, a lot of people uh, who are, like, doing really well nowadays. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely.
0: Um, Did you ever do any deathmatch stuff for them? Because I know you said that uh, you had done death matches and stuff with your dad. Is that something that you mm-hmm. dabbled with there?
1: Uh, yeah, a little bit, uh, nothing too crazy. Um, uh, every, cause they, they ran every Thursday and then like every once in a while we do like some like, uh, some like hardcore stuff. Um, but I was one of the smaller guys and I was like, uh, I I was a mouthpiece. So, uh, he, he loved, uh, Ian just loved, um, Putting me with guys like uh, around my age or like younger, uh, a lot of times like uh, just uh, younger guys or guys who haven't been wrestling as long as me, and uh, kind of just uh, going out there and putting out those matches that like people like to see, you know, like the fast paced stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm I was really big into uh, just being an asshole. So uh, <laughs> he, he loved he he loved uh, how much of a dick I was uh, like in, in my heel work. So. Um, <laughs> I got to got to do some of that stuff there. Uh, I I want to to do uh, a a lot more of like death matches, and I've been like telling people that, and they're like, "Do you really?" And I'm like, "Yes, like yeah. I I love I love the art, and uh, I have a, a shit ton of respect for all the guys and and, and gals and uh, people who um, who who do that and they dedicate their body and, and stuff like that. Like my dad did a lot of that stuff. Like growing up, I watched a lot of like crazy matches with my dad and like Absolutely. my dad in like Necro Butcher or like my dad in like brain damage and deranged and like JC Bailey and like just guys just killing each other. And like New Jack, my dad and New Jack were uh were uh tag partners for a while and oh. all they did was tag team death matches. That's it. <laughs> like That's there was sick. no like I've never seen a regular match of theirs. Every match had uh, New Jack's music playing throughout the entire thing. And then my dad and New jacket would literally just beat the shit out of people for like 15 minutes while the song's playing on a loop. It was, it was nuts, man.
0: That's but uh, some of the coolest shit I can possibly imagine. <laughs>
1: I definitely want to do more deathmatch stuff. I got to uh, uh, do one with Jeff King, who is someone who I've known for a really, really long time. And uh, me and the old timer, we told a really good story. We had a really good match. It's probably one of my favorite matches. And it's still to this day, like, one of the most talked about matches. Like, uh, uh, whenever people, like, ask me about some of my favorites or, like, uh, some of their favorites, usually that's, like, up
0: there. Yeah. Can, Can you find that on IWTV or on YouTube or anything?
1: Uh, you might be able to find it on IWTV. I'm not entirely sure. I I, I know you can for sure find it on YouTube. It was for uh, a company called Horror Slam. Yep. Okay. Uh, here in Michigan, and um, yeah, me and Jeff, we uh, uh, we did panes of glass and and just beat the shit out of each other for. Uh, like 30 minutes, and we we're both just a bloody mess, and it was, it was a really good time.
0: That's awesome, man. I'm gonna find that one uh online, I'm gonna go looking for it, and I'll try put it in the show notes for anybody that's uh interested. I've been lucky enough to interview like a lot of deathmatch wrestlers, so I think uh, so some of my listeners would be very interested to track that one down and find it. Yeah, um, nice, yeah. You, uh, and when you talk about that stuff, when you talk about again some of our mutual friends, you know. You know quite a few people that can uh, make that deathmatch stuff happen. You'll talk about some of the best in Neil Diamond Cutter and Satu Jin, and then yeah. Chris Kohlenberg may just own a company that does deathmatches. So. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You know,
1: uh, well, me and John Wayne. Uh, oh yeah.
0: Oh, and also did... the Duke. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Duke, man. Uh, me and the Duke, uh, we had a, we had a, a nice little triple threat with Tommy Vendetta. We did like gussets and stuff. Um, man, like. I love working with those guys and uh, just having fun with them. Me and Satu, we wrestled each other the month after that, but we did uh, just like a straight-up fight. It wasn't even a match. Yeah. The match ended when I choked him out with the referee's belt. Like, <laughs> it, was a, it was a crazy match, man. Like, but uh, I, li- I like stuff like that. I like the gritty stuff, like the fight yeah, stuff. like. yeah. I, I, I'm a, I'm a trained fighter. Like before I was training in wrestling, I was training in like Muay Thai and Krav Maga and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. and like, I like to fight.
0: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. And I, I like that aesthetic as well, because you're like a, a completely sort of different look to those guys. You know, you're, you're well put together. You present, um, like quite a fresh dude. Yeah. And so that, that is something that nobody else really offers in deathmatch that much now, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's again, a completely different aesthetic, which is really cool.
1: Yeah. I, I think that that is uh, definitely something that I have to offer, uh, as far as like deathmatch wrestling and deathmatch wrestling companies. And like, uh, just, uh, man, I don't give a fuck about my body enough. Right. <laughs> and, uh, sometimes like i get <laughs> these ideas to do like some of the craziest stuff and i'm just like yeah no like actually that would be really dope so i should do that and like i just want to be able to 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 uh do that with uh like-minded individuals <laughs> and uh and i i i like the the whole uh like you brought up the aesthetic that i bring mm-hmm. as far as like uh like uh my look and um I, I think it'll make for interesting styles clash, like yeah. uh, wrestling. Uh, some of those guys, like I really want to wrestle Neil Diamond Cutter. Yeah. Honey Badger is the shit. Like, he's awesome, I, man. man. Um, I see some of the stuff that he does for Ruthless Pro, and I'm like, I've been in Cullenberg's ear. I'm like, hey, man, <laughs>
0: uh, you know? Let's go. Exactly, and he's the guy to I'm do it with, man. In- he's such a veteran. Like, he's yeah. so creative and stuff and if you're looking to sort of get your feet wet more in that kind of stuff like surely he's the kind of guy you want to be in there with like early on yeah for sure yeah now that's amazing man and then when we talk about like your style as well you can obviously do some really really high pace stuff i've seen clips online cool. of you and trey miguel and it was like crazy chemistry bringing even that kind of stuff and those sort of interchanges into deathmatch is completely different. Tell me about that Mm -hmm. match with Trey, because you were saying you've known him like about as long as you've been training, right?
1: Yeah, uh, me and Trey have been wrestling each other since we were like 14 years old. Uh, If you look on the internet, you can find at least 20 Trey Miguel versus MM3 matches. (laughs) Uh, um, And uh, we... Always find ourselves in the ring uh, uh, against each other because people uh, are entertained by what we come up with. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I've had like wrestlers tell me that like, man, when you and Trey wrestle each other, it looks like music. Like you guys just flow really well together. Yeah. And uh, I just like to to tell that like back and forth like battle and like uh, that's one of the styles that me and him have both uh, been working for a long time. And I like to consider myself a little bit of a. Uh, a Swiss army man, as far as like wrestling. And I feel like I can do a little bit of everything. Uh, uh, I, I, I've done a lot of like catch wrestling training. A lot of like, a lot of my stuff is like strong style, heavy strike base. Um, I can do like the high flying stuff. I've wrestled in Mexico doing Lucha. Like I, I, I can kind of like, man, I tell people all the time, like I'm, I'm the best in the world. And they're like, no, you're not. I'm like, no, but listen, like, hear me out. <laughs> um a lot of people who claim to be the best at this they do one style of thing and they're really good at what they do but it's it's just that they're good at what they do Mm -hmm. i uh am striving to be great at what everybody does not just me I I, i want to to be able to like stick my stick my like my like write my name in stone and, and for people to uh, realize like when I'm gone like yo this motherfucker could do anything yeah. like literally whatever you could think of he could do because yeah. um, uh, my favorite wrestler of all time was Hayabusa yeah and he was someone who was notorious for that yes. uh, Hayabusa did death matches Hayabusa was like one of the main high flying like lucha guys coming out of Japan he uh, obviously roll verse in Japanese strong style like. Uh, he was like a Swiss army man and he could do literally everything. And like, that's how I always like saw myself as someone who could, who could get in there with uh, someone of any style and show them that I'm just as proficient, if not more proficient than they are in what they do. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And he's one of those guys that was like cut off way too soon, obviously. So you can only imagine where he would have gotten to, you know, had he not sustained that injury, you know? Um, Yes, for sure. Yeah, exactly. So impressive. And, when you think of, like, some of the really, like, important, versatile professional wrestlers in the world, there's like, like you said, there's a handful of them that do that, like, really, really well. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, another yeah. one that comes to mind is maybe, like, uh, Kota Ibushi, though he hasn't really done as, as much of the death stuff and that he, like, when you think about his G1 runs, where last year he literally, like, every match he did within that tournament was, like, he did it in his opponent's style. You know, like he was yeah. just changing every single time and it was like an unbelievable performance. Because anytime you you were like, Oh, this isn't what he would normally do, but he's in there just like I'm gonna beat everybody at their style. And it was very, very impressive. And I can see somebody yeah, like yourself sure. being so versatile, so talented, taking it all the way. So what is what's next for you then, man? Like what have you got planned?
1: Um, man, honestly, uh uh right now. Uh, one of my big goals is to get into the pit. Yeah, I would that's love that. that's that's one of, and that's,
0: that's not what a of lot of my, people would think my... think that you would say. You know, like you've just said you like yeah, desk stuff, but not. they'd be thinking, yeah, fast dude, super fast pace, probably wants ropes, all that. You're like, put me, put me in the pit.
1: Yeah, man. I'm like, I want to fight. Let's uh, go. Uh, me and just, me and Justin Kyle are always like, oh motherfucker, we got in that cage together. I'm telling oh, you, like, that'd
0: be crazy. Uh, I.
1: Man, um, I, I like that like Kumite fight feel. Yeah, where it's like a uh, and that's and that's the the uh, like the ambiance of the pit, in my opinion. Like uh, I I saw my first uh, pit fighter uh, when I was in Tampa for WrestleMania. Yes, and uh, I was hanging out with all my friends, and they're like, "Hey, we're going to pit fighter tonight," and I was like, "That sounds sweet." Uh, I want to go. So I went and I saw a bunch of my friends on the show, like Satu was on the show and I saw him. I was like, Oh man, what's up? I said, uh, hi to him. Uh, Neil was actually on the, uh, Neil Diamond Cutter was on that show as well. Um, like just a bunch of, a bunch of guys uh, that I, I was like friends with and like Justin Kyle, another one. And I was just like, man, like just watching them do their thing in that pit. I'm like, that's exactly what I like to do. Like, um, uh, when I'm in there with someone who is, like, a, a martial artist in any right, as far as, like, uh, and they can, like, go tit for tat with me striking, uh, the match goes from being a match to being more of just, like, a fight. Yeah. And, and I like that feel. Um, it's something that I've always uh, kind of been into. So, like, I, I think logically, uh, as far as the journey of this Swiss Army man, people need to see me in the pit. Uh, Cause like there are people who are like diehard M M three fans who've seen me do everything under the sun, including like the death match stuff. And like, they followed all that stuff. And, um, but, uh, I've never wrestled in the pit and, and that needs to happen. And I also need Larry
0: legend to, uh,
1: to give me an intro. Cause he's yeah. one of the goats.
0: Best in the business. Larry <laughs> legend. Shout out Larry legend. Hear that ICW, yeah, no holds sure. barred book. This shit struggles. Danny Demanto, Ron, namey, everybody get on it. Let's go. MM3 for the yeah, pit, man. I would love that
1: Let's do it, MM3 for the pit We gotta start a hashtag yeah, well, or something It's gonna Is be that, on the episode the hap- <laughs> Yeah Yeah, MM3 in the pit I, I love it man um, I, I, Yeah, ever since I first saw it I really wanted to, uh, to hop in the pit But uh, after that And after I accomplished that goal I I um, uh, I want to uh, go to Japan and I, I want to wrestle in Japan yeah. and uh, brush up on my strong style. And um, I need someone to book me versus Minoru Suzuki. I know I'm crazy for it, but I want to wrestle Minoru Suzuki because I feel like that man has so much to teach me. Absolutely. And I just want to, I I just want to be in there uh, with like a legend. Yeah. Uh, and and that guy is definitely. Uh, A a legend. Yeah. Did you um,
0: catch him uh, any of his appearances when he was just in America?
1: I I didn't this time around. No, Mm -hmm. Uh, I caught him years ago uh, when he was doing like um, uh, stuff for Ring of Honor, and then he uh, uh, did some stuff in Canada for uh, Scott Demore's company, uh, Border City Wrestling, Mm -hmm. and uh, I saw him there. Um, but I'm like, man, somebody should just book it. Just someone should just go Eat ahead. That man over just here.
0: do it again. Just get him straight back. He was he's amazing. And the great thing about seeing Suzuki then versus seeing Suzuki now is he's exactly the same dude. Literally nothing has changed. He's just eternal. Hey? No. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. He's timeless, man. He's yeah. literally
0: timeless. He is. He's amazing. I've seen him in Japan. I've seen him in Australia, like I've met him many times, and he's he's. You said it, like he's the goat man. He's just yeah. so so good and such a, a great person. Like, and yeah, I could I could only imagine the kind of stuff he could teach you, and also the kind of match that you guys could put on. It'd be amazing.
1: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, um, good people. I, I that's all I want to do, man. I just want to create beautiful art with like yeah. uh, really creative people, man, and um. Uh, I some of the matches that I put on and like people tell me they're like so good. I'm just like man, like just you wait, like just <laughs> like I I haven't showed you guys like I haven't even like I f- feel like Dragon Ball Z. Like this isn't even my final form. Yeah, but, yeah
0: exactly. Uh, just build it up. There's
1: there's, there's so much more, um, and and that's all I want to be is just more. Yeah, uh, and, and um, uh, the. The more opportunities uh, that I receive and, and the more uh, I, I go out there, I show people more and more just what I'm capable of. Uh, Horror Slam, um, uh, they like to bring in a lot of the the GCW guys. Mm-hmm. And um, I've put on, like, really great matches with a lot of those guys and, uh, and just had, like, a, a lot of fun uh, – being able to uh, to wrestle in, like, so many different styles. I had a good match with uh, Tony Deppin, mm-hmm. um, uh, a good match with Jimmy Lloyd. Um, this past uh, time, I-, I wrestled Effie, and then we did a Horseland versus GCW show, and it was uh, me, Jody Threat, and Alex Weir versus uh, Nick Gage, Effie, and Ally Catch. It was a uh, wow. A crazy match. <laughs> it was a crazy
0: match. That's crazy, man. Dude, i I think the the sky's the limit for you, man. And I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see you get more opportunities. Um, you're you come across as one of the the hungriest, but like uh, humble guys that uh, I've spoken to on this podcast. And I think that with the attitude that you've got and the drive that you clearly have. Like There's going to be great things in your future, man. So tell people where to find you and follow you on social media so they can uh, get in on the ground floor for what I'm sure is going to be a, an amazing ride.
1: For sure. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Malcolm Monroe Third, on uh, Instagram and Twitter at The Process MM3, uh, on YouTube, uh, MM3 Wrestling. Um, you can uh, catch a bunch of my matches on there. I post stuff on there that I like sometimes. <laughs> Uh, there's a, there's a there's a couple like gems on there like uh, older matches of like uh like me versus Eddie Kingston is on there. Wow. Um, me versus uh, uh Tony Deppen is definitely on there. Jeff King might be on there too, actually. Me versus Jeff King, that match might be on there. Um, but um, yeah, ton, tons of tons of uh, fun stuff coming for MM Three, so you just gotta stay tuned.
0: That's it. The youngest veteran in the business this guy. Look at him. <laughs> the the list yeah. the list of, the <laughs> list of uh, opponents is just through the through the roof, man.
1: I uh, yeah, man, and that's uh man, I'm just going to I'm not, I'm going to go for it. Uh yeah. I'm going to just name some people that comes to the top of my head who who I wrestled. Do it. Uh I've wrestled uh uh Rhino a bunch. Yeah. Um Detroit native. I got to wrestle him all the time.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um uh Right now we got Eddie Kingston. Uh, me and Mans Warner, uh, we beat each other up a few times. Yeah. Uh, me and Mans Warner also uh, were a tag team for IWA Mid South at one point. I love that. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, I wrestled uh, Tommaso Ciampa, um, Gringo Loco, Laredo Kid, um, man. <sighs> I've wrestled a lot of people, uh, Ethan, uh, uh, Ethan Page, uh, Ethan Carter, III, um, all the third, um, yeah, all the Ethans. <laughs> uh, i wrestled every, every guy named Ethan. I'm sure I've wrestled <laughs> them. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, a, a lot of people, a lot of talented people I've had the pleasure of working with. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's just, it's just getting started, man. I'm, uh, I'm really excited to to keep pushing and just keep working because I just love wrestling, man. Yeah. I, I just love to wrestle and
0: I love to create. That's it. That's awesome, man. And yeah, and every, every single person that steps across from you has got something to teach you. And it's like, if you're an open book for that kind of stuff, you can only get better, right? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, man. I want to thank you so much for your time. Thank you for the late start this morning. I really appreciate it. Everybody get out there, check out mm 3 online and you won't regret it. I can guarantee you he puts on a good show. So for The Process, MM3, Malcolm the Third, and for Faces and Feels, remember, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Faces and Feels is a DIY project created and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram at FacesFeelsCast, Twitter at FacesFeelsCast, and Facebook at FacesFeelsCast. Or send us an email with topic suggestions or feedback to facesandfeels at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Our banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. Peace out. Vinyls and Violence, a brand celebrating a love of music and deathmatch wrestling. Follow on Instagram, at VinylsandViolence. Follow on Twitter, at LegalizeRanch, and that's ranch with two H's. And buy the shirts from deathmatchworldwide.com. Vinyls and Violence. I'm pretty sure it's like some weirdo shit like Pokemon or something. My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com. The official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Rayburn, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more.